All right, as Adam said, I'm the pastor. My name is Cameron. Glad you guys are here with me. Some of you, actually several people have asked me, what's the deal with the chairs? Uh, (laughs) Where's my aisle? And uh, we had to kind of expand things. Last week, we had a great opportunity to actually have more people than we had chairs set up. And uh, I had to pull out two rows of chairs uh, from the back. And so I've kind of squeezed things together, if you notice. Uh, uh, the chairs are set up a little differently. But that's a good thing. And we want to provide room for growth because there are approximately 150,000 people in a 20-minute drive of where you're sitting that have no church, that have no genuine connection. And we can't fit 150,000 people in here. But it would be fun to try, huh? <laughs> Twelve, sir, no, it'd take a lot more than that. <laughs> Young E. Cho, a church in Korea, South Korea, largest church in the world. Uh, they were at over a million members 15 years ago. I don't know what they are now. But they would literally have services consecutively all day Saturday and all day Sunday. Uh, and and uh, in the city, they actually, uh, the church actually hired the entire city bus system just to transport people to their church. And they would rotate through the auditorium one service after another. One single church having, he had, at that time when you wrote the book, he had 30,000 small group leaders. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, 30,000? When they did a small group leaders meeting, it was like a major convention. It actually was. They'd have a convention center, you know. Of course, culture is different in different uh, countries, and uh, you know what works in different countries uh, may not work here. But uh, you know, God loves church, and Jesus came uh, uh, to build His church, and so this is a real important aspect of of relationship with church. And you just never know uh, who God may bring in, and uh, there's plenty of people that uh, He's He desires, as Jerry shared earlier. He earnestly desires to have this communion with you. And not only with you, but with the people that uh, uh, you meet on the street, in the stores, at your workplace. Um, Jesus really wants communion with you. I feel compelled to share just briefly about the uh, word about speaking in tongues. And, you know, we are a church that believes that all of the gifts it's kind of interesting someone asked me this question just this week and 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 so i explained to them this idea that we we're a church you know they get the question what kind of church are you and and you know that's a loaded question because whatever you say they're going to have an opinion you know if they're even asking that question it it, it reveals that they have or what's your doctrine and and so it's like wow okay how am i going to answer this and um we are a church that believes that all of what is uh, described or available in the Bible is available for today. And that God, it says very clearly, has not changed. And so all of the fruits, as well as the gifts of the Holy Spirit, are something that can be uh, received and enjoyed. <laughs> the New Testament pattern of church is, is what we are. We're still in the New Testament. That hasn't changed. And uh, <clears throat> But I respect deeply that uh, people are in different places in their experience and their history. And one thing I don't like is I don't like people that have a particular doctrinal bent <clears throat> or belief to get in, get in your face, you know, and, or to parade or uh, uh, in, in excess. And so <clears throat> we respect wherever you are, but we say this is available. And this is something that I, you know, Paul says, I rejoice that I pray in tongues more than you all. 
He says, I pray in tongues more than anybody in, you know. And so <laughs> it's kind of interesting. He wrote that. And then all of the just think of all the biblical scholars or pre- preachers who deny tongues. And here's Paul, the person that they base all of their understanding on saying, I, I talk in tongues more than anybody, <laughs> you know, but there's balance and there's a right way to do it. And, and unfortunately, as in anything, uh, there's wrong ways to, to do things. <clears throat> and it is it ties into what I've uh, been speaking on the last several weeks and and uh, will continue to talk on today is that each individual has unique spiritual pathways, sacred pathways, uh, means by which you are kind of wired to connect with God and respecting that they differ from person to person is a huge aspect or a very important aspect of of what I believe the Bible teaches. Uh, the Bible was written by uh, many different people over many hundreds of years and different authors that wrote the different particular books that we have combined as the Bible were radically different in the way they connected with God. As we were worshiping, I had a very vivid mental image of uh, walking along a path uh, alone. And um, it was actually kind of like a mountain path. And uh, I realized and I felt God was saying, ultimately, you walk alone with me. And as a church, we gather together and we find strength and, and and encouragement and comfort in that we're walking along the path, drawing toward the Lord, following Jesus in a corporate, in a group setting. There's there's elements of being part of a group. But ultimately, you know, it's between you and Jesus. And the purpose of church is to is to equip and to facilitate and to teach and to lead you into being closer personally. Jesus wants to personally have a relationship with you. And I thought of the Scripture from Psalm 23, verse 4. It says, Even though I walk through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And so this picture uh, of walking down a... a a mountain path and negotiating the curves and the rocks and realizing, you know what, regardless of who's with you in the natural, there's an element of your spirituality that is, hey, it's just you and Him. Do you realize that on the day of judgment and all all people, believers and non-believers, the Bible clearly says, will appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? And you will give an answer to every word and deed that you have done. I don't know how God's going to do that. Alright? You know, there's six billion people on the planet right now. And all the people that have lived and will live. And somehow in His, you know, way... Somehow we're each going to have a moment, and that moment's probably going to feel like an eternity. 
<laughs> yeah, God's got eternity. He's not bound by time. All right. I just wonder if we got to stay in the line. <laughs> you know, like, I hope the person in front of me has got, you know, <laughs> I hope I don't have to follow, you know, uh, uh, Billy Graham or, <laughs> just look at your saying, it's Billy Graham. How am I going to follow that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. My daughter, she doesn't matter. You're walking alone with God. Okay, so, so we're going to completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, we'll do it next week. <laughs> You're going to appear before the throne of God. And in that moment, it's going to be you and him. And what's going to determine... Even if you are a Christian, you're a believer, you're born again, you're covered with the blood, you're going to heaven. All right, that's settled, that's, sh- that's sure, that's not on the debate. The division between goats and sheep has already been made. Now the sheep get in line. And the Bible says your eternal destiny will be determined, you know, by what you've done. And... uh Bible actually says some will be saved as though through a fire. It means they're going to be smoked. You know, they're going to, you're going to still you're going to, they're going to be singed. <laughs> I don't want to be like that. How is it going to be determined? It's determined by how you walk with the Lord here and now. Um, <clears throat> and that is to give you comfort. <laughs> Maybe I didn't present it in a way that was comfortable, but listen, Jesus is walking right next to you. That's the bottom line, isn't it? You know, the closest person to you in your life is Jesus Christ. Whether you acknowledge or discern his presence or not, he's the closest person to you. No one can get closer. The Spirit of the Lord is so close, he's inside. You know, and, and it's acknowledging that and following that and respecting that and coming to the place where you learn how to follow. All right, not the crowd necessarily. I like crowds. I want more people because I realize each individual is important. And uh, as we gather together, that's good. But it's about developing that relationship and following closely. We've talked about several different other pathways, or these again. This, this is kind of like, you know, this isn't clearly a biblical definition, but these are like personality traits. And as you can understand these differences, it may help you uh, get closer to God, which is the goal. We talked about the relational pathway that uh, being with people helps you connect spiritually. We talked about... <laughs> Sarah, there's no question about that. <laughs> the intellectual pathway is that understanding and study. and You've got to understand it before you can uh, uh, feel God. And that's a valid... Uh, way and the strengths of that. We talked uh, last week about the serving pathway. 
So people that feel God when they're when they're helping someone else, they may have the gift of mercy or the gift of helps uh, where, you know, that's just they love it. They love it if they can do something to help others. This today, let's look at another one. It's called the contemplative pathway. Uh, how many have taken the test on our, online? Put up your hand so I can see. This is a three, two. You know, there's this invisible force that connects all of us throughout the world. It's called the Internet. <laughs> really, this room is filled with it right now because we have Wi-Fi because we're cool. <clears throat> so you can go to our website and there's a link that you can click on and you can take a little test and it will come back and say, these are your strongest pathways. Then some of the wording is a little different. The test is based on a different model, but it's, they're really close. You'll be able to figure it out. The contemplative pathway <clears throat> is probably the way most people think is spiritual. If you think of someone who's spiritual, normally most people will think of uh, someone who is contemplative. Um, uh, while others find, uh, others fill up their schedules with meetings and activities, people who have the contemplative uh, pathway carefully guard their time and avoid at all costs the busyness they see in others. Okay, They guard their time because it's really careful. Uh, they're often drained by relationships and activities and spend, uh, prefer to spend lots of time alone. And so someone that's uh, contemplative often has a really hard time understanding uh, people with like the relational pathway or the serving pathway and vice versa because what energizes them depletes the other. Does that make sense? Okay. They like being alone. They need to be alone. They need to ponder. They need to think through. They need to meditate they need to chew on it they need to take time for it to sink down in okay and sometimes uh people with this strength <laughs> for others who just want to get the job done it's very difficult because it's like come on you know, you've been thinking about it for three years all right yeah i think i'm just starting to understand what well, you're just starting Come on, God so loved the world. What don't you understand? <laughs> you know, uh, they can spend hours being alone with God and have an enormous capacity for prayer and private worship. And so, now what happens is sometimes <clears throat> you may be this way and not know it. <laughs> That's why I'm talking about all these things. Or you may be this way and feel like it's it's you, you can't do it's wrong to do that, and so you're denying yourself. I'm not saying people that have these pathways always spend enormous times in personal prayer and private worship. What I am saying is they should be. Okay, because that's how they connect with God. You need to know that, and it's all right. And your walk with God, your path up that mountain with Christ is going to take a different course than the relational person or the serving person. Does that make sense? Yes, no, maybe so. Okay. And it doesn't mean you don't serve in the same way that those that have the serving pathway, pathway doesn't mean that they don't think deeply <laughs> or meditate on things. But what is your primary pathway? Um, they often have rich inner worlds and are often very creative but maybe not expressive outwardly. 
Okay? So anybody that has a rich inner world knows what I'm talking about. All right? And those who don't understand those words, you're probably not wired this way. You know? Some people have like whole worlds within themselves and they get lost in them. <laughs> they run away, you know? Uh, and that's one of the, the difficulties of the challenges is that you don't want to, uh, uh, that's the weakness that's associated with this uh, strength is that you can just hide away in your alternate reality. A lot of people that are drawn into online gaming and video games, uh, uh, for example, that are multi-leveled, uh, where you can literally spend, uh, I've counseled people that um, could not leave that other reality uh, and spent uh, six to eight hours a day in their room hooked to a computer. Uh, one individual did it to the point where uh, he actually suffered mental disorder. Uh, and I've read about this. It, it can be, but it's probably, it tapped into a strength. You know, and so if you're good at that, you may be good at pursuing God in this way. Does that make sense? All right? Not with a video game, but delving in deep on a contemplative, even imaginary, a sanctified imagination is a gift from God that needs to be sanctified by the Word of God. All right. Solomon was probably an example of this. In Ecclesiastes, the preacher, twelve uh, nine says, "Moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught people with knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs." So the idea that he took years to think through processes or years to think through the implication and the, and to come up with a phrase, you know, this is someone who pondered things. That's what the word ponder means. Mary. The, the mother of the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 2 says, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And so the idea of keeping something in your heart and turning it over and thinking about it and, and working it in, kind of digesting it over a long period of time. People who have this gift are often misunderstood. You know, they feel like everyone is leaving them behind and ignoring them. They may feel that way. Everybody's out doing stuff. And, and the people that I've known that I believe have this gift way often think they are not spiritual at all. <laughs> I'm like, geez, man. <laughs> you fast three days a week and you don't think you're spiritual? <laughs> you know, you spend hours every day in prayer. You're spiritual. All right. But people who don't have this pathway uh, necessarily will see somebody like that and think they're hyper spiritual. You know what? You're probably both the same spiritual level. You just have a different pathway, a different way to access God. And keeping that, understanding that is really important to not condemn yourself and to get trapped. Uh, they see others taking action or doing things for God, uh, but they just want to get alone and think about it some more. And so sometimes they can have a negative self-image and uh, actually diminish their fruitfulness because they don't see the value of what they're doing <clears throat> And, and how they connect. Uh, and, and others see them as being super spiritual and can't understand how they can spend so much time alone in prayer. Contemplative types need to nurture this strength while not judging others or themselves. All right, They need to help others see 
how to deepen their contemplative lives without expecting them to do it on their level. Right? If, if you have this, your part of your role is to help others learn how to meditate, how to uh, spend time with God alone, but not judge them. And we need to learn that from them. If you want to grow in this area, find somebody that's really good at it. How do you know they're good at it? Find somebody that just spends hours in prayer. Or read books by people like Andrew Murray. You know, he was one uh, great. Uh, there's a number of books uh, uh, that. Uh, um, who's the old guy? The, with Christ in School of Prayer. Who's the other guy who wrote uh, Imitations? Thomas Akempis. Thomas Kempis? Akempis? You know, the imitations of Christ. Find a modern translation because the old one's hard to read. <laughs> you know, it's just like he thinks about things. He was a monk, and uh, that's what they did. Uh, the whole monastery idea was was built on uh, this pathway. All right? <clears throat> so you need to find a way to, uh, to uh, activate that and, and, and follow that. So hallelujah! We got through one pathway this Sunday. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I've been listening to this preacher on the way in the church on Sunday morning. and Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And like every other, amen, brother. Praise God. Hallelujah. But he's got really good teaching that he fills it in. I'm going to end with this. All right. And so Sarah's going to come. And we're going to next week finishes up, hopefully, uh, on the other <coughs> pathways. But I just that whole image of walking alone with God and learning how you follow Christ through one of these different pathways is really important for you to connect. And rather than just download a whole bunch of information, I'd really encourage you and exhort you to take the test. Find which pathway works for you. There's also a link on the site for a book that really delves deep into understanding these different pathways. So Sarah has some announcements. Thank you, Cameron. Just want to welcome any guests that are here with us today. We very much appreciate you coming so much so that we want to bless you with a gift. So if you are one of those people and you got a bulletin, please fill out the connection card and bring it to the counter in the back of the room, and we will give you that gift. It's worth it. Amen. All right, just a couple of announcements this morning. Um, one you kind of heard today was Dave's last Sunday of leading worship, which is sad. Next week is their last Sunday, um, and we're going to have a, a little farewell, and um, we're going to have like a cake reception afterwards, and um, uh, also this next Saturday, they're going to be loading their moving truck, and so they're um, asking for help from people who are, are able. Um, you can get information from Amy. The, their truck is coming, but they don't know exactly what time. So Friday they'll find out exactly what time, and you'll be able to find out when. So that would be Saturday. So if you can RSVP to the Borsmas, that would be excellent. If you can help them move, we'd really appreciate it. And then also the Life Group um, Leaders Meeting has changed to February 22nd. So anyone interested in leading a Life Group, even if you're considering, you're not sure, but you're thinking about it, this would be a good meeting to come to. It's going to be the 22nd after church with uh, lunch provided. And um, <clears throat> if you are interested, please uh, just sign up on the sign-up spot on the connection card and put that in the offering. And, um, and then we will know, you know how, to ex- who many, how many to expect and like what life groups are coming so we can prepare, which would be great. Yeah. 
And then also there's announcement about the men's retreat, which there's going to be more details. Eric Luthi is going to come up in a minute and talk about it. But if you are interested in the men's retreat, please sign up also on the connection card. And then when the offering baskets come along, you can put it in there. Um, also, just a, another reminder that we are collecting connection cards for the whole year of 2009. So you need to put your name. You don't have to do anything but put your name on it. And then um, put it in the offering basket every Sunday. And through the whole year, we're going to collect these connection cards so that at the end of the year, we can draw a name for a very large prize. How many of you are excited about a large prize? This year is the, gi- the year of giving, 2009. And we're giving away a gift every single Sunday. And then we're going to end with a bang at the end of the year. So go ahead and fill those babies out. All right? All right. Uh, and that's all, so let's uh, get ready to take the offering, and if you can join with me in prayer. Father, we just thank you and bless you, Lord. We just honor you and uh, give you the first fruits of our, our um, finances, but also in our hearts, Lord. We just give you our lives, and everything that we have is yours, and we just bless your name, Lord. And I just pray a blessing over every family here today, and I pray for uh, just our week, Father, that you would fill us and um, that we would walk closely with you and uh, that we would know you more. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Cameron. Okay, I just want to draw your attention to a couple of things. One, in the bulletin, there's an insert uh, about uh, something that happened in Japan. And I encourage you to read it. Um, I might talk about it in a couple of Sundays, but this uh, item that uh, they burned, uh, and you can watch it actually on uh, uh, Facebook. If you have Facebook, go to Dennis's uh, profile. Is, is so, it's just unbelievable. I want to show the video uh, maybe in two Sundays from now. Um, but it represents, um, you know, it was the house, it was the Buddha-san. It's where they kept the Buddha in this individual's life. And so I, I almost can't describe how significant this is. And the man got converted, a Japanese man, and of his own uh, volition, uh, because uh, Christians in Japan uh, actually will not talk about if someone gets converted, you don't even mention the family idols uh, because that can provoke uh, a, a violent reaction. And you let the Holy Spirit highlight that because every family has family idols. It ties them to their ancestry and is part of their deep core identity. And, and this man voluntarily burned his the chest and the idols that held the chest or the the chest that held all the, the idols and all the accessories valued at over ten thousand uh, dollars as a act of faith and it's almost it's it's really actually unbelievable. He yeah, he got baptized today. Wow! So hallelujah! <laughs> oh, it's exciting that you see these Japanese men. I watch the video and I can see the guys. I recognize them so. So on another uh, venue, Eric, if you could come up, <coughs> or um, you got the video? We're going to do the video first. Let's watch the video. Yeah, the, yeah, the lower new. Yep, and click on it. No, up, 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 up to the right. There you go, right there. This announcer is really amazing. The Lower New River explodes into miles of rabbits that will excite paddlers of all skill levels. Whether you're a first-time rafter or a seasoned veteran, 
Your adrenaline will surge as your team plunges into the roaring white water of rapids like Bus Stopper or Lower Keeney. The Lower New River changes with fluxes in water levels. You can raft the Lower New season after season and never experience the same ride twice. In low water, the river becomes tricky. The guides must use all of their technical skills as you skirt huge sandstone boulders for surf hydraulics. Big water brings fast-paced non-stop adventure. The experienced expert guides of Class 6 know the river well. They've read the changing water of this stretch for years. No matter what challenges the river presents that day, they will take you through an exhilarating trip. The white water of the Lower New River has also attracted international notice. Organizers of the World Rafting Championships selected the Lower New and the Gauley Rivers as the site of the 2001 competition. It was the first time that event took place on North American rivers. So, when you raft the Lower New, you're rafting international competition waters. When you book a Class 6 Lower New River trip, you can choose to cannonball off of the notorious Jump Rock. Class 6 will feed you the best lunch on the river with an extensive homemade spread prepared from scratch every morning. And in the lush canyon setting, you'll have unique views of the famous New River Gorge Bridge. It's a fantastic stretch of river. Am I on? So who's excited? Yeah. All right. And as we were talking, this is the water pathway. Yeah. <laughs> it's experiencing God through death-defying activities. So um, the dates, if you notice, are the 21st through the 24th of May. Um, that's a Thursday evening we're leaving. Um, we'll be staying in a hotel around Cleveland area on Thursday night. Um, we'll be getting to West Virginia on Friday, experiencing God's uh, creation in the mountains and the trees on Friday, whitewater rafting all day Saturday, and then experiencing another of God's creation, the interstate highway system, coming back on Sunday. <coughs> so, it's going to be a fun trip. Um, we need you to sign up, though, in the next uh, two weeks, and we need a $62 deposit down in the next two weeks. Um, the exact price we don't have set yet, but we believe it's going to be around $170, plus any food that you want on the trip down and on the trip back. So probably for $200, uh, you're good to go. Uh, we'll be staying in tents for Friday and Saturday night. So... And then on your uh, offering thing, just make sure in the other box that you put men's retreat uh, for your deposit so we can get that in. Thanks. All right. Give them a hand. Fantastic. Okay. Well, we actually...
had a gift designated, but the person didn't show up. Ah, so you got to come to church. Okay? Someone may have a gift. There's a gift waiting. Actually, we've been waiting all week. We've been excited. And, uh, and this person didn't know it. So you never know. You might come to church and get a gift. There's something waiting for you. It's already in the bank. So, uh, as a backup, I'll pull a name, and if they're here, you get you get a gift. All right, you ready? Let's have somebody else do it. Kathy, okay. Yeah, I'm going down to the bottom. All right. <laughs> yeah. Adam Shockley. Yay! <laughs> You're doing the gifts this week. <laughs> All right. My gift card. Yay! Go buy whatever you want for $25. All right. Huh? You never know what you're going to get. Are we done? Is this it? Hey, you know what? We're not done because we have the prayer team available that are ready to minister. If you have any need whatsoever, uh, you can come and receive prayer. And over here we have the prophetic team that they are prepared to... We took the offering. Hey, we get to do the offering again. No, you can just turn it in at the, few, at the connection counter. They can uh, receive any... Any late offerings? <laughs> we have the prophetic team available to ministry. Would you stand? Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Jesus makes all things